time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. Our powered by true car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill. Plus, take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed and together we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit PenFed.org slash auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hello, friends, and welcome to The View from Laura's Window, a podcast where life is explored through positive Christian thoughts. And when I say window, I'm referring to the view or perspective of life and how we think, act, and react. Everyone has a window, and yes, every window has a different view. But sometimes our view may not always be clear, and it may not always be focused. But I hope through this podcast and a positive Christian mindset, you will have a much better perspective. So open up your windows, open up your hearts and your thoughts to the view from Laura's perspective. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I am so glad that you are back today. Today is Tuesday, and um, it is, I believe it is Tuesday's Talk Day. And today, on today's Tuesday Talk is Kelly Strife. And um, she and her husband live in Atlanta, Georgia. Kelly is a storyteller and a truth teller at her very core. And she loves to start fires or fuel the ones that are already there. Her messages are rooted in the Word of God where she is able to shake her hardest struggles in a way that causes the listener to gain an even stronger sense of faith through their own struggles. Her hope is that her words will leave you in awe of God's glory, surrender to his story, and be comforted by his presence. And there was a time when Kelly herself needed this message, and she still does. So I want to go right into our interview and have Kelly share her story of finding hope in her life and in her hard seasons. So let's go right in to talk to Kelly. Hey, Kelly. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming on today. I truly appreciate it. Yes, I'm happy to be here. And uh, would you have had anything better to do now that we can't go out anyway? Yeah, exactly. It's exactly right. (laughs) Wide open these days. I mean, you actually got me out of bed this morning, so (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Whatever I can do, you know? Uh, Well, um, I had introduced you earlier on my podcast, but I was hoping that you could tell everybody just a little bit about yourself. Yes. So my husband, Peter, and I live in Atlanta, Georgia. We actually live in the city. Uh, A lot of people say they're from Atlanta, but we are in the city of Atlanta. And I work for a nonprofit that does orphan care in Southwest Kenya. We're called Oasis for Orphans. So I get to oversee a lot of the training for staff and for teams that come visit our site. We run care centers. We have three care centers in Southwest Kenya. So I do that, and then I'm busy writing and speaking and, you know, getting to 
share part of our story these days. So is it kind of like your nonprofit? What is that? What is that? Is that like CASA or? It's called Oasis for Orphans. And it's a, it's a nonprofit that's focused in a particular area of Kenya where we help provide housing, food, education. We meet physical, mental, spiritual, sexual, okay. emotional needs for kids who maybe have uh, caregivers that some, some of their caregivers have died and others, they're just unable to take care of them. And so they come, uh, many of them come live with us and others we actually keep in their homes, but we just give a little extra help so that they can get access to the education and, and basic needs that we can I'm sure them. that's a, a fulfilling uh, job to do. It is. It's really meaningful. And we get to see so much growth in the kids from the time they come into our program. And so that helps us see, you know, when we're moving in the right direction. Um, your podcast, I found you recently through Hope Writers. Yes. And I'm thankful for that. But your podcast is called Even If. And I never heard of such a title. I mean, you know, I know I've said it before, Even If. But when I when I heard that, I thought, what? I didn't understand. What What could her podcast possibly be about called Even If? And um, when I started listening to you, then I realized. I have a feeling those two words mean something to you. Do they have a personal meaning to you? Why did you call it Even If? Yes. So many of us go through things in life that aren't what we would have expected or planned, or we oftentimes face obstacles where we're hoping that God will move in a certain way in our lives. And it's much like the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter three, when they are facing the fiery furnace and the king is telling them he is going to throw them into this fire unless they will bow down and worship these idols that he created. And so they have this moment where they're facing the reality of the flames that are right there in front of them and what they believe God is going to do for them. And so they make this statement that we're all pretty familiar with now. They say, our God will deliver us from this fire. But then they go on to say, but even if he doesn't, we will not worship your gods or serve your idols. Mm -hmm. And so there's just this moment where they're able to so clearly declare their faith and their belief in what God is able to do. There's no question about his power. There's no question about uh, you know, who he is and, and his abilities. But they also say, but our hope isn't just in what God can do for us. Our hope is in who he is. He doesn't deliver us from the we still won't bow down to any other idols. We still know he's good and he's the only one we'll worship. So that's become such an important story to me as we face some really hard things in our life, in our lives lately, where we've been able to say, no matter what, we resolve in our hearts who God is. And so whatever happens in our lives, that's not going to be questioned. We're not going to bow down. We will continue standing firm in what we believe and in what we know even if life doesn't look like we planned, or even if we find ourselves really disappointed, or even if we find ourselves really uncertain, really sad, we still know who God is. That's, I appreciate that because right now there's a lot of people um, hurting right now. There's a lot of people that are questioning God. There's a lot of people that um, can turn that around and say, even if, if, if they just could see it for what it is. So yeah. that's very good. I appreciate that. I've heard it said that we are always in at least one of three seasons. We're in the middle of something, we're about to be in something, or we just got out of something. I thought that maybe we could focus a little bit on how 
uh, all of us have that in common because we all go through something hard. We all go through struggles, especially now with everything that's going on and the uncertainty that everybody has. It would be easy for people to question or blame God. Um, could you share a, a little bit of what you could tell people right now with that uncertainty that they may be feeling? Yeah, I think that first of all, it's really important that that we can acknowledge how we feel. And, you know, sometimes in the Christian culture, you know, we can get a little caught up in putting on the happy face and just pretending like things are fine, or I know I'm supposed to trust God, so I'm just going to stuff all these feelings down. And I do think there's something really important about acknowledging how we feel, acknowledging when we're scared or acknowledging when we're sad or when things feel uncertain or scary or we're anxious, because that invites us into a deeper intimacy with God when we're honest with him about our thoughts and our feelings. Uh, but then I think it's important to remember that, you know, the world right now, the world we live in is not the world that was intended to be originally. Things aren't the way that they should be. True. And things aren't the way that they will be again one day. So when we acknowledge that, we can say, okay, this is not the way things were supposed to go. Um, but we can have hope even here. And I think the reason that I find a lot of hope is I start to, change my thoughts from what God has done to me and focus on what God has done for me. And a lot of times we are tempted to blame God. How could you let this happen? Why didn't you stop this? Couldn't you have done something? Were you not big enough or strong enough or powerful enough? Or That's how, you know, I get that way sometimes. I've never, I've never blamed God for anything. Um, but I do question why, why are you letting this happen? You know, why did this happen to me? What, why are you doing this? Like, why, you know, I always ask why, but it seems like down the road, I figure it out later. I mean, God doesn't always tell me at that moment why, but later it all makes sense. Right. And sometimes it doesn't make sense. Right. I think a lot of times we do get that picture farther down the road where we can look back and say, okay, God, I see what you were doing. And I try to take those moments and tuck them in my back pocket so that the next time I'm facing something uncertain, I can go, you know what? I don't understand right now, but I didn't understand then either. And looking back, I have a different perspective. So that kind of gives me this fuel even the next time I don't understand something. But I think it's also okay to say there are some things we won't ever understand here. And that's because, you know, we're living in part of a bigger story than just ourselves. And that doesn't mean that God doesn't care about us personally and individually and uniquely, because I believe that he does, but we're also part of a huge story of redemption that God has been writing for years. And in that story, we see that God has a track record of pursuing his people, of rescuing his people, of redeeming his people, of restoring his people, of saving his people. And so I think that sometimes we have to train our minds to think through this is who God has been throughout the course history. This is who God has been throughout my own life. So even when I find myself, even if I find myself in a moment, in a season where I don't understand what he's doing, I can acknowledge my sadness, my grief, my uncertainty, my question, my fears, but then I can also point myself back to, but this is who God is. That is resolved and settled. I know in my heart who he is. So even if I don't understand, I'm still going to hold on to what I know in who he is. That's good. That's really good. Um, so I feel like I have to share this because your message, when I listen to you, it's brought a new perspective to my current season that I'm in right now. And um, last year was a very 
tough year for me. I went through a lot of physical and emotional and uh, mental and spiritual and all kinds of uh, emotions that I went through. And it caused me to go into, um, I would call a deep depression. And it's somewhere I've never been before. It was so unknown to me. But God's answering prayers and I'm doing better now. And, uh, but I'm finding that a year ago, I was putting all of my words and emotions and thoughts on Facebook and I was sharing it. And you know how your memories come back on Facebook a year later? Well, all these memories are starting to come back and show up. And I was kind of not sure, I was torn whether I should delete those memories because they just seemed to kind of haunt me or if I should leave them there to remind me of what I've gotten through. So the only reason that I bring that up is because I know you, knowing your story that I've listened to, and I know you and your husband have been through um, a tragic story and you share it so deeply and you share it in a way that it just gets to my heart. Um, that's coming up, isn't it? Do you have a date coming up for that? that do, yes. So a year ago, June 14th, so, in just just under two months from now, we'll hit June 14th. And last year on June 14th, our, my husband and I delivered our first child, a baby girl, full term, nine months. We were actually a week past due date, but her heart stopped beating really unexpectedly the day before she was born. And we were completely caught off guard, but she was still born. And we did not see it coming. We had a pretty, you know, unremarkable pregnant, and we're just waiting for, you know, her to, waiting to go into labor, waiting to deliver her. And when we found out that her heart had stopped beating, uh, then began the process of, of going into labor and delivering her. And that's where a lot of the, the part of my podcast even comes from, even if, because those were the moments where we had to decide who we were going to be. And as we were waiting for her to be born, of course, you know, when you hear that your child's heart has stopped beating while you're still pregnant, we understood the reality of that. But we also held on to a whole lot of hope that they were wrong. You know, the doctors have been wrong, but that God would intervene and that God would, you know, bring her heart uh, to life again. And so that's where we held on to these words, even if, because we had to decide right then who we were going to be. And we said, we are going to be people who believe that God is able to heal or resurrect uh, Imogen, our daughter, we named her Imogen, that he's able to resurrect her, that he's able to put breath in our lungs and he's able to let our heart beat again and prayed for that. And we believed for that. And we asked for that. And we asked other people to pray for us. But even in those moments, we said, God, you're able, we trust you. You do this, you're healer. You're still doing miracles. But even if you don't do this, we know who you are and we know we want to be people whose hearts are fixed on you. And so we set our expectation on what we knew God could do, but we fixed our hearts on who he was no, no matter what. So she didn't, her heart didn't stop beating, was born on June 14th, that anniversary coming up. And then we buried her in August. And then this past year, we've walked through a lot of grief and a lot of sadness and life that doesn't look like we had expected it to. You know, we had planned to have a newborn and have a baby over this past year. And so that affects everything, not just, you know, those initial moments, but that affects everything about this season of life, really from here on out. So hitting every milestone of the year, but we named her Imogen Dorothy, which means our daughter is a gift from God. And so we've held on to that. Even in this season, Dorothy was my grandmother's name and we chose it really intentionally for her because we believed that God had given us the gift. 
And now we are able to say as much as we desperately want her here, that is the story we would have chosen and that we would have written. She, she isn't, but we trust that she's still a gift that God has given us and that God is using her life, however short it was, to impact people far greater ways than we could even imagine. And so that's one of the reasons we're kind of sharing her story is because we want people to encounter God through her life and through her story and through the ways that we're sharing. That had to have been just so hard at the same time that you're giving birth, that her life is gone. And how did you process all that? Did you go through any kind of depression? You know, it's hard because you're, you're dealing with grief and loss and potential depression from that. You're also just going through postpartum things. Mm. And so the, the risk of postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety is still there. You know, your hormones have shifted and things. And so that's there, even though Imogen didn't come home with us. So I definitely went through really sad seasons, uh, really dark seasons. I don't know for sure if I would say it was depression or if it was just kind of hormones or if it was just grief, but it was definitely hard and definitely uh, dark and lonely. We, I made an appointment with a counselor, you know, within days of getting home from the hospital because I wanted to have somebody to talk to and kind of help me look for signs of that. Yes. And that, that has definitely helped and made a big difference in, in having someone that I can talk to. And there were certainly moments where, you know, I would say I had to learn how to live here on earth without her here. And there were moments where that didn't really seem possible. And there were moments when that didn't, certainly didn't seem like there could be any joy here on earth. And I think the Lord allowed me to feel the depth of my pain because it was a massive loss and it wasn't something yes. to just gloss over. He definitely met me in my pain and brought a peace and a comfort that only can bring. And that Did I Did you feel it then at the moment? Did you feel God say, then? No, a lot of times I didn't. And, and honestly, I would say like, I wish I didn't have to know God in that way. If I'm honest. I wish I didn't have to know that comfort that comes in because it's a, it's, there's an ache to the comfort. It's not just this sweet, fluffy pillows and rainbows <laughs> comfort. There's an ache to it. And I wish I didn't have to know it. And yet at the same time, I'm glad that I do because I know a side of him and I know facets of his character that I didn't know before. Has it changed you, Amy, for the good? Absolutely. Do you see a change in yourself because of all of this? Yeah, and there there are hard changes. There are some changes that that are hard. Like there's a sense of innocence that's gone when you lose somebody that's so close to you in that way, or when you walk through something hard. There's just, there's an innocence and a naivete that's that's lost. But there are good changes too, and I think that I have a more eternal perspective than I've ever had before. I'm focused on. I'm focused on heaven in a way and not in a, you know, what are we doing here on earth kind of way, but just in a, ultimately I know heaven is what God has intended for us and her life. Imogen's alive and well in heaven. You know, Imogen's fine. She's fully healed and whole there. It's us here on earth that have to walk through the sadness in her, but I am definitely focused on what matters in life far more than I ever have been. I'm focused on uh, Jesus far more than I ever have been. You know, I thought that I relied on him and we all think that because we are doing it as much as we can until yes. the season that we have to rely on him even more. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely even more relying on him. And that has to give you a season of, it has to give you a feeling of peace 
when you say that you know she's okay. Absolutely. And it took a while to get there because all of your motherly instincts, <laughs> you know, think that the safest place your child can be is with you and in your arms of where you can take care of them and you can make sure their needs are met and you can make sure they know how much you love them. And, you know, that's just kind of our natural instinct and our fleshly instinct. And that's how we're created, you know, is that we can be the ones to provide for our children here on earth. Um, so it took a while to accept and realize that she was being cared for even more than I could. She knew true ultimate love. She's in the presence of love. There was no question in her mind how loved she was by God and by us. Uh, so it took a while to, to get there, but now I do find so much comfort in knowing that we'll be reunited with her one day. This is the end. Well, I have to say it's a, it's a sad and it is tragic, and I'm sorry that you went through all that, but I don't think you have any idea. Maybe you do, but you are coming into lives of women and families, and you're touching hearts. I hope you know that. Thank you. That means that means so much. It means so much to me, but it also means so much because it allows us to see how her life and how her impact, really how her impact is outlasting her life. And yes. that, that, you know, to a mother's heart is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that story. I know it's, it's probably just as hard maybe as it was almost a year ago. I'm sure that that pain is still there, but I, I can see it on your face, the love that you have for sharing the story. So thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, thank you. If there was one thing that you would want the listeners to remember about today, one takeaway, what do you think that would be? I think that I want people to know that God is good and he's good to us. And no matter what we face, we can rely on his goodness and that even when our circumstances tell us that he's not good, even when our circumstances tell us that, you know, a good God wouldn't let this happen or would have intervened, that we don't have to give in to the hopelessness that that produces because he has a history. He has a track record. His character is good. And even what we can't see right now, you said it earlier, even what we can't see right now, he is working in our lives in ways that go far beyond what we can. The things that seem lost or heartbreaking right now, God is Yes. If not here on earth, then in heaven. And we have that confidence and that assurance. That's a good message for people to hear. I'm glad that you said that. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. Now, I know you speak. You have events that you speak at. But has that come? That's You're not doing that now, right? That can't happen right now? I'm not doing too many in-person events. That is true. Right. I do have a few virtual things. So we're just do you? online. Yeah. When will you be, so you already are on the virtual? Um, I, I do. I have a couple of, an event in May and one in June. Yeah. Oh, good. Virtually. Yeah. Definitely give me that. Um, you'll have to email me all that information because I definitely want to get that out there. Um, yeah. So where can everybody find you on social media or, you know, like I said, your upcoming events? So I, my podcast is the Even If Podcast, and that's really anywhere you listen to podcasts. I am on social media Instagram at kelly.strife, and the last name is tricky. It's <laughs> S-T-R-E-I-F as in Frank, F as in Frank. I'll be spelling that one for So I'm there, and then my blog is kellystrife.com. Okay. Well, it's been a, a, a true blessing for me to have <clears throat> found you, and I'm so glad because um, I, I keep looking for the next episode to come up 
on your podcast. So I definitely want to get your word out there and I want to share your message. And I truly appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to get to talk with you and get to share our story. Um, hopefully you'll come back sometime. Absolutely. Anytime. Okay. Thanks. thanks. Bye. Well, this concludes today's Tuesday talk, and I am so thankful I was able to bring Kelly on for her to share her important message. And if you want to hear her complete story, you can find her on all the places you listen to podcasts. Just look up Even If by Kelly Strife, and it's S-T-R-E-I-F-F. And um, you can also watch the video from our Zoom conversation over on my Facebook page called Laura's Podcasts. And thanks again for tuning in, and I hope you come back next week. And until next time, love you guys.